Welcome everyone to the Ditch the Struggle podcast. I'm your host, Alana Rosso. I'm a graphic designer and career and success coach who knew I could do better, but kept falling short of where I wanted to go. And now after years of exploring personal and career development, business, money mindset, and energy work, I'm here to tell you that yes, you can move from stuck and defeated to empowered and confident. Ready to dive in? Awesome. Together, let's ditch the struggle. Hi, everyone. Today, we are talking boundaries. According to Brene Brown, nothing is sustainable without boundaries. And I love that quote. I find it really true. The sustainability piece is so important here. This is what I really realized throughout my life and my career, especially in 2016, when I went through some really tough times. um, If we do not have some boundaries in place, things start to fall apart really quickly. And I've always kind of struggled with the concept of boundaries. It feels very finite. It feels like we're shutting people off, that we're not generous anymore. And I love being generous. Generosity is one of my core values. It's really, really important to me. I have to show up as a generous person. But I also know that I'm a people pleaser, which means I love to give and give and give. Then I overgive, then I get exhausted, and then I get drained. And then I get resentful. So resentment is the feeling I experience when I know I have crossed a boundary. It is the tell all for me because it's not my natural state. I'm not naturally resentful. I'm not naturally angry at people or experiences. But when I have done too much or I have felt I have done too much, given too much and not had a boundary in place, that resentment will kick in like like harder than an ice cream head rush. It's like intense. And I end up reeling from it for sometimes days. So when I'm feeling that resentment kick in, I definitely know a boundary is being crossed. And that is really on me. At some point in the project, the conversation, the experience, the work, the client relationship, I let things go too far. Now, this is partly because of that people pleaser mentality where I want to do 110%. And if someone is in a challenging situation or they're scared or they're frustrated or they're upset, I want to show up for them and I want to be there for them all the time. However, there is a point where you have to pull back and everyone has a different point and trying to figure out where that is, is key. Now I usually can sense when and if I need to set a boundary but I wasn't so good at it for a long time. And 2016, which I've referenced in my anxiety symptoms episode, was really difficult because my mom was going through a lot of physical and emotional challenges at that time. Um, She had some dementia kicking in pretty hard, and I was getting so frustrated. She was in and out of hospital all the time, and I really was feeling like a caregiver. And she's very emotionally difficult to deal with. And it's not been an easy relationship. It's been one of the hardest relationships I've ever had in my life. And the more she had to go through physically and emotionally and all these hospital visits were happening, the harder it was on me. Um, I have a sister who's a single mom with young kids at the time. So her bandwidth was pretty small for being able to deal with my mom. And at the time I was freelancing 
So I don't know if any of you guys can relate, but when you're freelancing, sometimes friends and family think you're just like available 24 seven and they can just call you in the middle of the day and you can have a quick, you know, a quick chat or a long chat. And yes, we have flexible schedules and yes, we can take breaks more or less whenever we want, but there is there are deadlines to be met and there are there is kind of a schedule to keep. And when I am freelancing, I'm working in that nine to five window pretty well full tilt. And I do love that I can take a break here and there, but this idea that we can just be on call and I was starting to be basically on call for my mom was too much. And what does that mean? Well, that means I start to get drained and my bandwidth starts to shrink. And this is really coming off the heels of years of me still doing too much for other people, putting other people first and working way too much. So freelancing like crazy, hustling on the side, teaching at night, just doing a lot. Um, So there was a lot of factors coming into play where I was basically pulled in so many different directions. And I, of course, put myself in that position. But I was starting to bleed out energetically. Now, that is a phrase that I learned from Mala Rambarose. Uh, she's on Instagram at Mala the City Monk. And when I read that, I bled out energetically. That hit hard. That resonated because it's that energy piece. So for me, I get super drained when I overgive. Not only am I resentful, but I'm super drained and I will physically feel so sick. It's almost like I have the flu. That's how sick I will start to feel. And now I'm more in touch with when those symptoms are percolating. But this 2016 year, I really started to bleed out energetically and I became super aware of this energy issue and feeling drained. And at this point in my life, my energy and protecting my energy became more important to me than protecting and managing my time. So my energy actually trumps time for me. That's just how it has to go. I don't mind if something takes a long time, but if it's going to take a super high amount of energy, I need to really think this through because I will be flat out. And this is what happened to me in 2016, full, flat out, not, not doing well. So what I felt I needed to do at that time was to stop hustling and stop freelancing because I just didn't have that energy for it. I didn't have the bandwidth for it. And I decided to return to a full-time job. So I looked around, found a job that was the government job that I've, I've mentioned before. And I started at the beginning of 2017. And it was the best thing that I could have done at the time. I really needed to make myself less available to my family. I needed to have a routine I needed to have focus. I needed a steady paycheck. I needed to recalibrate. And for me, taking a full-time job was in essence setting a boundary. It was like, okay, I am not available during these times. And I was leaving the house at seven in the morning because I had to commute quite far. And I wasn't getting home till like seven o'clock at night. And so I wasn't really too available. I could take a call here and there. And there were definitely lots of calls that did come in. I think I was in the job five days and my mom was hospitalized. So I had to take time off right away. And luckily I had such an understanding, empathetic manager. It was amazing that I was able to do that. So it was very bumpy when I got into this job. 
There was still a lot of push and pull from family, but also it is a responsibility. And I knew I had to, to help take care of my mom. I just knew, and I wanted to in, in a lot of ways, but it was a challenging relationship. So it was very draining and, um, not easy. Anyone who's met my mom will say that she was difficult. And I think that's probably the most common used descriptor for her. Um, I think she meant well sometimes, but sometimes it didn't feel that way. So I took this job, felt like an amazing boundary was put into place. I remember two days in thinking this was the best decision I could have made. This is such a good move for me right now. Even though sometimes staying in a job job, I I love to call them job jobs, um, like a nine to five job can feel limiting. And there is a Sometimes I feel trapped when I'm in a nine to five job because you got to show up and there's less flexibility. But this time I felt like it was the right thing to do. It really helped me set boundaries. So when you start to notice that your bandwidth is changing, so you're like thinking smaller, your dreams start kind of dying off. You're not really thinking about goals. When you feel like you're contracting, like your body's contracting, your spirit's contracting, your soul's contracting that is potentially a sign that you need to look at boundaries and how you've been showing up and maybe taking on too much. It can be really hard when you have felt shrunk for a long time because you don't actually remember what it's like to feel expansive or you don't know what it's like to daydream again or to have those, you know, BHAGs, those big, hairy, audacious goals. Um, I've been through phases where that and I'm usually depleted. And I've been doing too much, working too much, taking on way too much and not doing any of the self-care. And by self-care, I don't necessarily mean just bubble baths, although those are awesome. (laughs) Just the taking time for yourself, decompressing. I know the last three weeks for me have been really challenging. Um, I've been drained and I could feel that bandwidth shrinking and I could recognize that I definitely let some boundaries down that I shouldn't have because I was accommodating other people's schedules too much. So one of the things I do as a coach is I work with another company part-time as an outplacement coach, which means when a company such as Google, let's just use them for an example, lets a whole bunch of people go because of a restructure or reorganization, they will get coaching as part of their severance package when they're let go. And we help transition these people into a new job. It's really, really rewarding work, but it's very challenging sometimes because these people are in a high emotional state. A lot of times they're scared. They're freaking out. Sometimes they're happy to be let go. Don't get me wrong. They're like, yeah, this is amazing. I got severance and I'm moving on, but it can be really taxing. And just the last few weeks, I had a lot of people to work with. And a lot of them were going through job interviews and needed a lot of preparation. Now, it's very positive sign when people are going through job interviews, like the market was picking up in the last few weeks. And I'm thrilled when I hear people have job interviews lined up, but I had to do way more coaching, way more calls. I was doing calls way earlier than I normally do. I was taking on more in the day and I could just feel myself starting to get stressed and very emotionally invested And just the quantity of clients I had taken on the last few weeks was too much. So I could feel the resentment kind of kicking in, like not wanting to get on every single call. 
So that's my sign. I was like, okay, I've got to pair this back. So it was a pretty simple solution. Last week, I went ahead for this week and booked two days out of my calendar that were not available to clients. And I had some wanting to book in and I was pretty firm about that and gave them an option though. If they wanted to work with another coach, they could do that. Um, but I'll be back on Monday, basically. So I knew that I had to start recalibrating and pulling back and I was giving too much myself and that resentment piece was kicking in. So the trick is to recognize that before you're in the position where you are feeling upset, right? You don't want to be that person that is giving just because you feel you have to. You really want to do it and you want to show up because you want to. And that I, I need to make sure that I'm always showing up to my client calls because I want to. And 99% of the time I do. Um, and if I'm not feeling like being there, that is only because I have overworked myself. So the boundary piece is obviously huge for most people and they don't necessarily know where to start or how to implement any boundaries. And it does usually require some discomfort and it just requires saying no. That's <laughs> like boundaries and no often go really, really well together. And how many people like saying no? Not too many. I never really did. I felt deeply uncomfortable saying no, but now I'm better at sitting in the discomfort of saying no. And I can't show up for that or I can't do that. And I will always provide some kind of alternative or another option or, you know, a, a later date to do something. I don't usually just sit there and have that like boss bitch vibe and say no. That's just not how I roll. But I am more comfortable letting people down. And, you know, the thing is, when you set boundaries, you do have to let others down and be okay with that. That's really hard. That that can take time to get used to. And it, it can take time to get used to, but it is really worth it. And eventually it doesn't feel so weird because the payoff of having your bandwidth restored, the payoff of having energy again, the payoff of feeling energized, restored, optimistic, it's just so worth it. So setting those boundaries has become key for me. Um, I always look at my calendar. That is my first indication of things going awry when my calendar is too booked up. And that can be with social engagements or um, work engagements, doesn't matter. I had three social engagements booked this week. And I immediately looked at my week and said, nope, that's too many. I'm going down to two. I didn't realize I had three and I cut one out and I had to let people down. But I knew that if I didn't, by the time I got to Saturday, I was going to feel like garbage. So it's not worth it for me. Um, I'm also really careful about who I'm spending time with. I used to do coffee dates with absolutely everybody. I am quite social. I really love networking. I love to talk to people. I love to hear their stories, sit there and network and have new people in my life and have these connections. I just love it. Um, I love that I can talk, find someone who can do what I'm looking for or recommend that person to someone, but I no longer go on coffee dates with absolutely everybody. I have to be discerning. I have to be selective. And what I realized is that a lot of times I was going on these coffee dates and feeling really drained after. I wasn't feeling good after. So my general indication as to whether I should keep hanging out with someone 
is if I feel drained or energized after the coffee date or the lunch or whatever it is. So if I'm feeling that super drained energy, that's not great for me. And potentially that person was taking more from me than they were giving in the conversation. It needs to be a win-win conversation. needs to be a win-win experience for me. So I'm really discerning about that. But if I feel energized... And after our coffee, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go shopping and I'm going to get some things done and I get to go home and get on with my day. That's a great indication for me that that was a positive experience, that I want to keep this person in my life and that maybe I'm also adding value to their life. I want to make sure, again, that it's a win-win, that they're enjoying spending time with me. So when we're talking about this topic of boundaries, we are talking about choices, And we're talking about discernment and we're talking about decisions. So if you want to feel that sense of freedom, that things are going well in your life, going smoothly in your life, and there's like an ebb and a flow to your day, and you want to feel boundless, well, it kind of means you got to set boundaries. Boundary-filled parameters are going to help create that feeling of expansiveness. It's actually going to get rid of that contractive feeling and that shrinking feeling that some of us feel when we're pissed off because we've done too much and over-delivered and we're burnt out. One thing that you can do that's a really simple exercise to check in on this whole topic of boundaries is look throughout your day and see where you may have done something that you wish you hadn't. And Was it possible to have done something differently, have not done it, or maybe passed it off to someone or delegated it to someone else? Really look at what you were doing every single day, and then you can can expand out and you can start to look at your week, your month, your year. I can certainly look back on years of my life where I was just on this hamster wheel of over-delivering and overworking. If you called me at 10 o'clock, I would probably pick up and help solve your, you know, Photoshop issue at the time. Now, maybe not so much, but I absolutely would get back to you the next morning, you know, so it's just a different way of operating and looking at your life and examining where you might need to set more boundaries because those boundaries actually equal freedom. Those boundaries will lead to that boundless, expansive energy and feeling that so many of us are looking for. And it is available to us if we decide to make some hard decisions, have that discernment, and ultimately say no to people once in a while. And I'm going to end this episode with one hot tip that has helped me set a very small boundary that's been very effective. And that is I always tell clients and sometimes new friends that I keep my phone on silent and I may not see your call and I may not get back to you instantly. And this is true. I have had my phone on silent for like six years. Once in a blue moon, it has to be turned on if there's an emergency situation, I'm waiting for an extremely important call. But generally speaking, I keep my phone on silent and I tell people that. So if they're trying to get a hold of me, um, emailing is great. (laughs) Send me a follow-up text, but I might not notice it. I can't have a lot of sound around me. I can't have things dinging and danging and clinging and clanging (laughs) while I'm working. I just can't. So that sets the stage. That is a boundary of sorts telling people how I work and how I communicate. You know, there's those people that just have their phone on all the time and they're picking it up every two seconds. I really try not to be that person. 
And I have found that if I'm just clear right off the bat that my phone is on silent, it has created so much space for me. And it is that a boundary that is just really working well for me. And again, it's such a tiny thing. So setting boundaries doesn't necessarily mean that you have to you know, say no to being on the PTA committee or something like very large and significant and can sometimes just be making a small choice and communicating that choice to people so that they have realistic expectations of how you're going to engage with them. That can be a really amazing way to set a boundary. So as someone who always says, baby steps for the win, think of some tiny little boundary you can set that will make you feel better, give you the space to live your life the way you want to. So get creative, think of something small, and let me know how it goes. Thank you for joining me today on Ditch the Struggle. You showing up here means so, so much to me. To dig deeper into the topics discussed today and to learn about my work, visit alanaroso.com. And don't forget to download your free resources while you're there. And if this episode resonated with you, please share with others who also want to ditch the struggle. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast, leave a rating and a review, and let me know what you'd like to see more of on this podcast. And before I go, I want to leave you with my three favorite ways to ditch the struggle. Be your own best advocate, take baby steps for the win, and forget about a linear career path. It's overrated and you are doing just fine. See you next time.